Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Vermont. And today is Wednesday, June 20th, 2018, the 7 a.m. meeting. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action. We are on page 75. We will be reading the last paragraph, starting with Returning Home, We Find a Place, which will be the end of our instructions for Step 5, and that's the only paragraph we will be reading. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jackie M., the 12 Traditions, Alana M. Our text readers are Kelly T., Rita K., Pia S., Our newcomer greeter today is Kathy M. And the host for the second hour is Ruth H. And the share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, June 19th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 11,554-11554. And the share ID for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11,000. 555-11555. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask, Jackie M. to read the 12 Steps of OA for us, please. Hi, good morning. This is Jackie M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Holmes, New York. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, Are you still there? We lost you. Or is it me? It's me too. Okay. All right. I will now ask Alana M. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please. Thank you, Monica. This is Alana M., a grateful, recovering, <clears throat> compulsive overeater in Ottawa, Canada. These are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, two for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever anonymous, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Alana. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I will be timing. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, 
everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter into action. We are on page 75. We will be reading the last paragraph on page 75, starting with returning home in just that one paragraph. And I'm going to ask Rita, no, I'm asking Kelly T. if she will read that for us, please. Hello, this is Kelly T. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good morning. My name is Kelly T. from New York City. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. Carefully reviewing what we have done, we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Thanking this book, taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have com- omitted anything. For we are building an ark through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement but put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? Good morning, my name is Kelly Composilver Eater. Um, well, I remember the first time I did um, the, the fifth step, I turned it over to a sponsor. Um, at that time, she was my sixth sponsor in OA, and I didn't go home and listen to the instructions to um, stay quietly and listen to see if there are any other, um, any other things that I've missed. And I realized later on that because I did not do that work, I stopped basically at step five. After I did my, my personal inventory, I stopped and I acted like I graduated, that I was cured. I was envisioning and purging, and at that time, I thought it was enough. Until nine months in, I noticed that I was still insane and realized that I needed to go deeper, that I did not do the steps properly and thoroughly, like it says in the big book. And that's where I met, at that time, I met my Vision for You sponsor. And the way she, she guided me through the steps, through the big book and Vision, and doing um, this way to really go into depth and really going home and sitting with my higher power for that hour at a time to hear if I missed anything. And of course I did. And it was loving and peaceful to receive anything I missed for resentment, fear, or any or sex conduct, and to write it down, to be humbling enough to write it down and tell my sponsor that, that I still have other things to turn over. And one of them was um, I was still resentful over my the what happened to me as a child and getting molested. And... I remember that I had to do step four through nine over again because I, the first time I did it, I was still holding on to the resentment. And the second time around, I was free. I turned it over to a another fellow and somebody who's been through that experience, that trauma. And afterwards, I sat down with my Mother Earth, uh, my higher power, and I was really relieved. I was free from the resentment, and I was able to forgive them, not for them, but for myself. 
and it was because I did the work thoroughly, like it says in the bit book, and with that, I passed. Thank you, Kelly. Kelly T. All right, we are on the bottom of page 75, our last paragraph, our last set of instructions for step five, and who would like to share on this this morning? Richard B. Richard B. Richard B., who else would like to share this morning? Amanda B. Amanda. Laura W. Laura. Anyone else? Okay, we'll start with this. Richard B., Amanda B., and Laura W. You're up, Richard. Go ahead. Thank you very much. I'm Richard B., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And it's amazing, actually, to get on the line. Um, I, there's a delay because of the service that I use, and it's, it's great to be able to get in and be able to share because it's rare. Um, thank you so much for reading the paragraph. Um, yeah, I, I like the fact that after doing step five and taking step five, that I have the opportunity to, to get home sit down for an hour oh i i sit down for 24 hours and um and just meditate on what has happened is there anything i have left off my list and um i remember in the past before i got abstinent this time uh before i started working the big book this time because in the past i hadn't at all um i was making a fearless moral inventory of that mistake that I made in the past was to, you know, spend six weeks doing my inventory and writing 32 pages and going back through everything um, where I just had to go back through things that was on my mind and that was still bothering me. And uh, for me in the past, there was one thing that happened with me when I was a teenager, which I really was not proud about. And I did not have the guts to confess up, put it on the sheet, work through it and share it with my sponsor and my higher power. And this time I did. And I'm really grateful that that has come out of the dirty laundry. Um, So, yeah, I'm really grateful that. This time when I took my step four, my work was solid and I have experienced the promises one by one every now and again. I was at a meeting recently and a friend shared that, um, you know, I don't have to experience those ninth step promises, um, all of them, all the time. I just have to experience some of them sometimes. And that has happened with me. And I am really grateful. Um, yeah, I am I'm loving this. And I haven't skimped on the cement. And in a couple of days, I will be celebrating three months abstinence. Um, and this time, it's not a white knuckle abstinence, which my previous 14 months abstinence was. Uh, this time, it's full of freedom and joy and happiness. And I am really grateful for that. And I'm really grateful for the big book and the speaker from A Vision for You that did the retreat I went to in March. So uh, I'm just really happy. So I will leave that at that and pass. Thank you. Thank you, Richard B. Thank you. Yeehaw. All right, Amanda B., it's your turn, and then it'll be Laura W. 
Hi, this is Amanda B. Can I be heard? Yep, you can. Hi, this is Amanda B. in uh, Toronto. Uh, <laughs> I've locked myself in the bathroom away from my children, so when I read Returning Home, where we can find a quiet place for an hour, I kind of laugh. Um, so I could share on the meeting here, I'm hiding in a quiet place. The way I read this paragraph when I first started was, when I read the first five steps, do I already have the promises? Have I done this perfectly? Am I feeling happy? And it doesn't say that. It says, we thank God from the bottom of our hearts that we know him better. And for me, that doesn't mean I have to feel happy. It doesn't mean I have to feel better. This is just asking me, have I followed the instructions of the first five steps to the best of my ability? And I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to feel happy. Um, all I have to do is open my closet and write down what's there. That's what an inventory is to me. And when I read the first five proposals, God, have I omitted anything? And if I'm struck by something, then I can add it. But there's no graduation for me. Um, it's not that I'm going to do these steps and then I'm going to graduate being recovered. I'm going to feel uh, peaceful all the time. That's not it. This is saying, did I try my best? Did I give up my self-will and ask God to help me? Did I act as if when I didn't know what to do? Am I powerless? Did I put the food down? That's what it means to me when it says, is my work solid so far? Have I made the decision and followed through? Um, you know, I, I am a perfectionist. And so when I read this at first, I just thought I could not go on. And step five, it says review it for an hour. It doesn't say review it forever or a week or a year. Um, my ultimate purpose is to be helpful to others and have that inner peace. And the step four is showing me my beliefs that are blocking me from God. And so my belief that blocked me from returning home for an hour, just an hour, is the same belief that is blocking me from my higher power, which is I have to figure out everything and be in control and do it perfect to be safe. I actually just have to do the best I can and turn it over and follow these instructions. It doesn't even say do the best I can. It says take down the book, turn to the page that contains the 12 steps, read the five proposals, and ask if I've omitted anything. People often say, how does it work? This is exactly how it works. Um, so, you know, whenever I talk with my sponsees and myself included, it's all about my motivation. If I have a motivation that I have done these 12 steps thoroughly and fearlessly, that's just without fear, I've moved forward, then I feel like um, I can say yes. I haven't skipped on the cement and I haven't tried to make mortar without sand. And then I can go forward. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Amanda B. Laura W., it's your turn. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yep. Good morning, everyone. It's Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic, and Exercise Bulimic in South Jersey. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. You know, I was reminded years and years ago that this is the only place in the entire book where it tells me to pause. The rest of the book, it tells me to move forward, you know, at once, next we launch. I mean, it's the sense of urgency for me working these 12 steps. I can't pause between each step for a week or two to think about, am I thorough? You know, this is the only place in the entire book where it says, okay, go home. You've just gone through your fourth and fifth step. We pause and we pray for an hour. And really it says, you know, we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. 
that's gratitude. Focus on the gratitude it's telling me. You know, thank you, God, that I'm not eating anymore, that I'm not restricting, that I'm not that purging, that, you know, thank you, God, that uh, I'm getting to know you. And it says, is our work solid so far? It doesn't tell me, okay, is everything perfect, all the ducks in a row, you're good, you're recovered? It doesn't say that. It says, is, you know, have you done what the book tells you to, that you should do up until this point? And it's really, I used to overcomplicate everything. And this is, you know, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. This is exactly what it's telling me to do uh, line by line. And if I follow these directions, like it says here, I will get recovered. Have I been thorough so far? And, you know, we're building an arch through which we will walk a free a free person. And And that arch, it's like that cornerstone that it talks about. That cornerstone is that piece at the top of the arch that holds everything together. So we're building it here. It's not solid. It's not complete. It's not, you know... It could fall down again, and it will fall down if I pause too long and if I decide, okay, I've got it. I don't need to do 6 through 12. And um, so after this hour, it tells me to do 6 and 7, like, right away. It, it's, this is just one small pause where we're going to get to know, uh, try to get to know God better, read the first five proposals, the first five steps, and what, you know, are, are things where it should be at this point. And if we've skimped, okay, let's, let's go back and talk to our sponsor again. But we know that let's move forward after this hour because as soon as we hit 9 and 10, we're going to be cleaning everything up on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, this, this like was shared, this is a reminder that, no, I'm not perfect, but am I doing the best I can? Am I following these directions? Um, yeah, is, if the answer is yes, okay, let's take that hour and then let's get moving and, and let's get recovered. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Laura W. And for those who may have come on a little bit later, we are on page 75, the very last paragraph, Returning Home. And who else would like to share this morning? This is Larry. Larry. Barbara. Melissa C. Barbara. Melissa. Mary G. Mary G. G, okay. And somebody else is trying to come in? All right, this is what I've got. Larry K., Barbara E., Melissa C., and Mary G. Go ahead, Larry. Good morning. Good morning, Monica. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for your service. Appreciate it. The, um, you know, one of the things that I that I read in here deals with, for me anyway, deals with a partial confession. See, I'm really good at that. And and there's a lot of research that that suggests that a partial confession actually makes the confessor feel worse than no confession at all. And one of the reasons why a partial revelation, in, in the context of what we're doing here, a partial revelation to my sponsor, to God, to myself, creates negative feelings is there see there's discrepancies among thoughts and those discrepancies are actually and, and the negative feelings they create within me are more uncomfortable actually than revealing anything at all and the partial confession forces us see to think about both what we did and about what we said and we see a big broad distinction be, between what we did and what we revealed, what we said. 
And the partial confession actually focuses more attention on the thing people did wrong than no confession at all. See, and I thought all the while that when I, when I got into step five, that if I revealed to my sponsor most of what I did, leaving the things that I was really ashamed about out, that's good enough. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I was not following the instructions. And perhaps what was required for me to get unblocked from my higher power was a thorough and complete revelation to myself, to God, and to another human being. That was what was necessary. And all the while, for about five years in my case, I wondered, why is this working for everybody but me? What's, a, what, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with this system? What's wrong with this, this practical program of action that, that, that results in recovery? What's wrong with it? And see, I wasn't following the instructions. And here in step five, you know, we read about we're building an arch in which we're going to gain freedom. And in order to gain that freedom, a partial confession is not enough. Cutting the corners, Larry, is not going to be enough. And I'm grateful that eventually, eventually the consequences of this disease, it, it motivated me to begin to understand what, what I was being asked to do. Because if I would follow these instructions precisely, I would get the deal. And if I didn't, I get a big nothing. I get nothing at all. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Barbara E., it's your turn, and then it'll be Melissa C. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara E. in New Jersey. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. Oh, wonderful. Well, happy Wednesday, everyone. Um, I totally have to piggyback on what was just said. The first time I did the steps, I did them partially. So when I looked at the fifth, um, the fifth step promises, I really couldn't say yes. I was delighted. I could look the world in the eye. I was at perfect peace because I did feel safe, unworthy, leaving out the worst of my fears, the worst of my resentments, the worst of my harms. I knew I had to do it and do it like that colonoscopy I had a few weeks ago, absolutely thoroughly, so I was cleaned out. So the last time I did it, which was about a year ago, I think I'm ready for another one, I was able to honestly say, after sitting for that hour and really reviewing, had I left out anything? Was I withholding something? I was delighted. I felt I could look the world in the eye and I could be alone at perfect peace and ease most (laughs) days. And the fears that for our, our world around us, our financial concerns were falling from me and I felt the nearness of my creator for the first time. That seed of faith that I didn't think I had was actually within me. It just needed to be tended and nourished and allowed to flourish. So if you're out there and you're struggling, just get into it. And yes, someone said earlier about only time we're asked to pause. I thought I didn't need to pause. I did. And especially to thank God from the bottom of my heart 
that I know him better. My God, it's a spiritual experience for me, not a religious one, and it has to come from the depth of my heart. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And please make sure that your phones are all muted. Uh, Melissa C., it's your turn, and then it'll be Mary G. Hi. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. Um, Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I, I've had, like, two um, two ways that I have operated. One is, like, complete um, inaction, you know, like comatose, like uh, denial, not see anything, um, almost like half asleep. And the other has been like frantic energy where I, you know, when I see something that's wrong, oh my God, it's got to be fixed and it's got to be fixed yesterday. And, you know, in here, um, it was really powerful to, to, to operate somewhere in between, you know, still taking action, but pausing and, um, and learning what that means. And, and for me, this was really powerful. The last time that um, really worked the steps like this, um, when I when I got recovered, you know, I did my inventory and I gave it to my sponsor, and I paused. And when I paused, I realized it was partial, and I knew it was partial, you know, because um, because I didn't feel right. I felt that discomfort inside that, Larry, I'm so grateful, you know, kind of put it out there. I actually felt worse. I felt like more of a liar, you know, um, and I realized that I had told a particular story a particular way for so long um, that I really didn't know the truth. And when I sat and paused, I realized that it didn't necessarily matter what the truth was, um, but that my perspective of the truth, I wasn't being honest about. I felt tremendous guilt for um, a horrific loss in my life, and whether I was guilty or not, the fact that I was holding that was a resentment. It was a re-feeling of it, and I needed to, I needed to get right, and I needed to share that with my sponsor and what happened was we made an appointment and we met again and it happened that we met actually in a church and um it was an empty church at the time and i cried in a way i don't think i've ever cried before i felt completely empty and afterwards it was a spiritual experience for me i remember i looked outside and i felt like i was on felt like it was on something. The trees looked different. The sky looked different. The sky looked brighter. And and I felt the nearness of my creator. And that was a real awakening for me. And um, thank you so much for that all Thank you, Melissa C. Mary G., it's your turn. Hi, this is Mary G. from New York. Um, I was in OA for about 15 years and had never taken this hour in any step work I'd done, any time I'd gone through the steps, I had never sat down and done it as simply as the big book teaches us to do. And taking this hour and reflecting on my work, looking at the five 
first five steps and meditating on them and reviewing my notes and just asking myself, you know, were the stones in place? Had I done a thorough job, as thorough as I could, um, was a really powerful experience for me. But the thing that keeps stumbling me is, as people have said, is my perfectionism. And I was looking at them and thinking, well, yeah, but I'm... Oh, I don't make an outreach call every day, so you know maybe maybe I'm not in all my stones aren't really in place, and maybe there isn't enough cement in the in the foundation and or um sand in the mortar and I don't spend the full time with God every morning and so I called my sponsor and I at the end of the hour and I said, you know i I'm not really sure I'm ready to go through the arch. And she said, Mary, it sounds like you're putting a screen door in front of your scre- in front of your doorway. And she said, these are perfect ideals. We have entire abstinence, and then we're working toward these perfect ideals. And you're not at the maintenance steps yet. You're moving towards them. And... So I guess I I want to underscore the importance of having a guide because she helped me through all the work leading up to this this paragraph and she helped me see that my work had been really solid and that I could go forward with confidence and I'm just really grateful for that and also for the example of other people on the line because I you know, listening to other people, I can realize, yeah, I have perfectionism too. And yeah, fear can dog my every step. I need to turn again and again to God-reliance rather than self-reliance. So that's it for me today, and I'll pass. Thank you, Mary G. And we are on the bottom of page 75, the last paragraph. Who else would like to share this morning? Charles H. Charles and Roz, who? G. G. Okay. Who else? Amanda S. Amanda. Anybody else? Nancy P. Nancy. T or P? Okay. P. Anybody else? P is in Paul. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right, we'll go with this. Charles H., uh, Roz G., Chloe, Amanda S., Nancy P., and who is who is this? Uh, Chloe S. Chloe? Yes. Chloe S. Okay. All right, Charles, you're up, and then it'll be Roz G. Thank you very much. This is Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. We claim spiritual progress and not spiritual perfection, because in, in this same chapter it says, um, as we go through the day, we pause when we're agitated. In Bill's story, it says when he was going through his, um, his steps with Ebby Thatcher, it says I was to sit quietly. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We could do this every single day when things come up. This is the skill set. We could do this every single day. And you know what? Some days are done better than others, and some days are just a bombshell, right? Um, this is a skill set. And 
thank God, right, we don't have to wait till step 11 to actually sit quietly. Because it tells us that in, in, in doing the, the sex harms that we were to meditate and, you know, meditating, part of meditating is just, you know, being still for a minute. Like, you know, life can life is coming at you no matter how, if you think you Mother Teresa or you got a beast body. Life is coming at me every minute. People are coming at me every minute. People are dragging and pulling, and, 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 and I'm a super. And, and you know what? The compactor room is never 100% clean. I mean, I could strive towards that. Guarantee it's never 100% clean. That's why I continue this skill set on a daily basis. And sometimes when I'm thinking I'm really getting something going, um, really I'm not because I'm not sitting quiet. The, the tape is always playing, playing. I got to pause that tape and chill for a minute. And that's all I need to say today. Good, uh, good day to everyone. Thank you, Charles H. Roz G., you're up, and then it'll be Amanda S. Good morning. This is Roz G., a recovered compulsive overeater from California, presently in New York City. Um, just wanted to just think about the last um, fourth and fifth step I did and um, how I took my quiet hour this last time around. And what I got to do was sit and think about the 20 people that I was resentful for at work, to at work for two years. So I had a resentment against 20, <clears throat> 20 work, uh, work people at work for two years. And, and I thought about it, and it was like I was going to work every day angry at people. And I thought about how how ridiculous that was and how that was, you know, stripping away at at my my serenity. It's it's crazy. And I don't know why I didn't clean it up. Uh I don't know. It doesn't matter. What I do know is that I got it out and that during that quiet hour I thought, you know, twenty people didn't do it my way. And I have been taught and shown and experienced that I'm a selfish, self-centered person and that when uh, people aren't doing it my way, that I'm not accepting them for who they are and what they do. And so, uh, it, you know, I, I let that go. It went really fast. And uh, it's, it's freeing. It's just a freedom to go to work. And knowing that they are who they are and I am who I am. And it makes for a much more pleasant work experience. I'm not wasting all that energy like the big book says. And uh, I'm calm. And my students get get uh, so much more of a quality teacher than because I'm, I'm, I'm fully uh, focusing my attention on my lesson plans and on them and not on my petty resentments against administrators and, and, and fellow co-teachers, blah, 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 who aren't doing what I want them to do. It's actually it's rather humorous. I can laugh at myself, and I can give, um, move on and uh, accept, and, and, it, and it reaches out into uh, everybody else. So that's a freedom, and I'm very grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Roz G., Amanda S., it's your turn, and then it'll be Nancy P. Good morning. This is Amanda S., recovered compulsive overeater from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 
And I recently went through the steps again myself intensively. And so I've recently gone through step six. And um, this most recent time was just a really beautiful time. Um, And the thing that I wanted to share about the experience for me was that um, the carefully reading the first five proposals, which really is the first five steps. And I think by the time I had gone through steps four and five, one, two, and three were a little fuzzy for me sometimes. Um, Sometimes I still wanted to think that I was in control um, or that I had power or that I had choice. And so this portion of step five of going back and really looking at steps one, two, and three um, and reviewing those and saying, do I believe, do I believe I am completely powerless? Do I believe I need a power greater than myself? Have I made a decision to turn my life and will over to the care of God? Um, that was really powerful for me. And then um, in reviewing my my fourth step portion, um, I looked at each person in my resentment inventory, and I really asked myself, am I holding anything back with regard to this? Am I holding on to anything with this person? And I actually visualized the person in front of me um, when I did that. And again, that was very powerful. And in the bottom, what I was taught with the stones is that the foundation is step one. So I have to be clear on step one. The cornerstone is step two. I have to be clear on step two. And then the keystone is step three. And I have to be clear on step three. And making the mortar without sand, um, I did that in the past. And I was taught that that is either no fellowship, no working with other recovered people, only trying to do it myself using the instructions in the book or not using the book, only relying on the fellowship, only calling people and going to meetings, but not working the steps as they're laid out in the big book. And either of those are making mortar without sand and eventually everything is going to crumble. So um, I just wanted to share that today. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Amanda S. Nancy P., it's your turn and then it'll be Chloe S. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Hi, Nancy P. from Boston. So when I did my fourth step, in preparation to do my fourth step, my my sponsor said to only talk about the things that were currently in my life and not to talk about my high school boyfriend or my fourth grade teacher or anything like that. So I I believe that I did a very good job um, on that, and I, I did that. And she said anything after that that comes up is what 10 steps are for. And so, you know, any bridge, any arch, any structure needs maintenance. And to me, the 10th step is, is you know, something that, you know, needs a, there's a nick in the bridge, so you got to fill it in, you got to paint, you know, scratch paint, you got to paint, repaint it, all that. So I had an experience yesterday that I had a resentment that was, I was as angry as I've ever been in my life. That's everything with me is like that. Every time I get angry, I've never been so angry in my life. And um, I did a 10 step pretty as soon as possible after the event when I was, could get to the phone. And I, um, it's like I, I excised an abscess that I didn't even know was there. And after I had that experience, I, um, I really felt close to God. I felt light and I felt um, free. 
And I, I had to thank God from the bottom of my heart that I knew him even better. And that's the beauty of this program is, um, you know, the possibility um, or capability for spiritual growth and experience um, is infinite. And I didn't know what that meant. I just thought, oh, you know, it'll grow and I'll feel better and better and better. But this was sort of like, you know, a leap forward a little bit more than just a step forward for me. And it came to the, it, it allowed me to really experience dynamically in the minute um, progress, spiritual progress. And um, I never really, you know, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm becoming willing to admit that I don't know everything every more and more every day. I mean, I, that's my, you know, one of my biggest problems. So I, um, I had an excellent experience yesterday and I just thought, oh my God, this is really, I'm really walking through this arch and, and I'm happy about it. And I, and I, and I'm maintaining it because I have my 10th step and, um, you know, 10th step is just a mini fifth step. So, um, I highly recommend it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Chloe S., it's your turn. Chloe S., star one to unmute. Um, hi, uh, what's the time limit? Three minutes. Thank you. Um, so I came in late on this meeting. It's actually my third meeting. And um, I didn't, I, I, I think that I'm um, expecting more for myself maybe than than I need to because um, I guess my go-to is to feel ashamed about not doing well and um, now I'm starting this program and I want to stop overeating and I want to, you know, change all these things really fast Um, and I think it's going to take time. Um, I haven't done step work. I was in another, I'm in another program. I haven't done step work in it either. And um, I'm not starting yet, but um, the thing I want to work on is fellowship and making sure it's very hard for me to reach out to people. I isolate and um, I feel like hiding most of the time, especially when I'm going to have bad behavior. like eating or whatever. Um, so I I want to start working on fellowship and making sure I um, call to a meeting every day. Because um, yesterday I skipped and then that, yet last night I was like isolating and I didn't do a meeting and so I didn't really have support. Um, and um, I... For me, spirituality, I I feel very numb when it comes to spirituality. Um, although I have like I'm, I was in an Orthodox practice, and I I say my morning blessings, and I I acknowledge an existence higher than me in the morning, but I don't really connect to it. Um, so that's something that I'd like to work on as well is actually like being still and um, not just getting something done off a checklist, um, but actually connecting with something. 
Um, well, we thank you really much, Chloe, and keep listening. Thank you. And there's, we've got a huge list of potential sponsors and people to talk to, and we're so glad that you're here. Keep coming thank back. Thank you. All right. We have time for probably two or three shares. Who else would like An- to share this morning? Anita J. Anita. Anybody else? Madeline R. Say that again, please. Madeline R. Madeline. Okay. Let's go with that. Madeline and Anita. Anita, you're up, and then Madeline. You called on me, right? I did, Anita. Go ahead. Okay, I was unmuting. Anita J. recovered out here in Boston. Um, I am so grateful for Step 5. I don't know, I've been in since 1978. However, this particular paragraph, this from five, five, six, seven, I never, I never really gave the attention that the big book tells you to do. Even though I did this process supposedly in the 90s, I never returned home from that time and did this. In fact, that sponsor said, we believe out here, I didn't do it in the Boston area, I did it down on the Cape. We believe in this uh, process for doing the uh, fourth step, but uh, we don't really go do the whole 12 steps. Now, this was in the 90s, so maybe it's changed. I hope to God it has. However, this time with my vision sponsor, I did every step. The, the, the mortar was in place. I mean, I actually literally have a bag of mortar, which I, we had it down on the Cape, and we, it never got opened. That was kind of me. Parts of me never opened fully these steps until this time. And this time, you know, I was so blessed to have a place to, to come home and sit this beautiful porch that I've had for the last six, seven years. You know, by the time I finished sitting there and thinking about everything that I had done and how it felt so different, so different to think all these decades, it was right there, but I didn't get it. Um, It was an hour and a half. It was such a wonderful feeling. I knew something had changed. And it didn't just come, you know, like somebody on the line talks about pixie dust. That didn't come that way. It came because number one was solid. Two, three, four. It was solid. I owned my my stuff. I saw it. And it was so clear to me that the rest of the recovery was going to come now because after you see uh, what you've done, you want to clear it with these people, you know? You, you know, it's just a feeling you want to get rid of it. And um, I don't know, there's just so many wonderful things that have happened since. I can, I am part of the human race. You know what? I didn't know and I'm, and you know what part I am? Just like everyone else, I'm right in the middle. 
am just like everyone else on that broad highway. And I thank everybody. I thank this this uh, format. Uh, God is good. And that is it, Pat. <laughs> thank you, Anita J. Madeline R., you're up. Hi, Madeline R. from Pennsylvania, Recovered Compulsive Eater. Thanks, everybody, for your service and everybody's share today. I love this textbook, which is truly, for me, what it is. And um, I had to be taught that because I didn't get it. You know, when I first came around uh, in the early 90s, I would go through and, um, you know, read through the stories in the back. And we knew where the... Uh, I actually knew from this area where the sick man prayer was, and I also knew spiritually sick as I was, and I also knew where the resentment story was. And, you know, I I, I wasn't reading it like a textbook. And then, you know, when I uh, found someone to help me, went through line by line with it, and I'm so forever grateful for that to just go through it. And no, I don't have it memorized, but the good news is it's all written down for me. And it's very clear in this last paragraph where it's wrapped up for me so beautiful that in case I do forget, I know what I have to do. I mean, this whole paragraph is the did I questions. You know, um, did I do it right? Well, let me see. You know, did I do it right according to where I am right now in my recovery? And I can ask myself these questions. And where it says, you know, I take this book down from the shelf and then, you know, that took me to back to page 59 and every place else where the steps are listed and saying, you know, have I admitted anything? And I am trying to build this arch that I'm going to walk through, like this big archway set on my solid foundation. And do I believe I'm powerless? You know, um, do I believe that uh, my life, my food is unmanageable by me? Have I come to believe in a power greater than myself? You know, three, have I committed um, myself to a power greater than myself? And did I do the best that I can? Did I write it all out in the way that is suggested as listed in the book? Not the volumes. You know, I did write from utero once, you know, what things would have been like in my mother's womb. Yeah, I did those things. You know, I answered all the questions in uh, the the OA literature. Though, did I go back and do it in a simple way? You know, have I skimped? Have I gone back to look at what the cornerstone was pointed out to me on page 47? So do I know that no fellowship, no book, no anything except a belief in a higher power is going to restore me to sanity in doing this work in steps 10, 11, and 12? And for me, it's had to be kept that simple. And do I run the riot act all over the place? Oh, yeah. And where do I have to come back to? This, the simple principles is outlined here in the book and ensuring that if my head's anywhere, that's not on my own plate. It's not where it's supposed to be. And what's bugging me? Is it a resentment? Is it fear? What is it? So I'm so grateful for this process and how it's clearly spelled out. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Madeline R. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We have once again come to the end of our time so quickly here. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And today's share ID for Wednesday, June 20th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 11,563-11563. And Rita Kay.
Would you read for us, please, from page 164, A Vision for You? Yes, good morning. This is Rita Kay from Kansas. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.